It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf, GMC Buick. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for GMC's Joint of the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC in Buick. I know that wasn't totally Steve Winwood singing Valerie, because there was a funky, funky beat behind it and a big old bass. But man, that thing was moving. That train is in Leduc already. That's how fast that song was going. Love it. Love the old-timey stuff. Sunny in Calgary says, Hi, Low Tide. Wasn't Bob Green the guy who recommended the Otis trade two prime draft picks for Griffin Reinhardt? That's why he's no longer with the team. I think Bob Green is still with the team. I also... I. I follow this stuff closely, and I'm going to defend Mr. Green and suggest to you that Stuart Skinner probably would have been a guy that he wanted during that process where he was uh, scouting director. You know, you hang around long enough. Uh, I'm going to give you Sam Pollock, universally the best general manager in the history of hockey, certainly of the NHL. In 1969 summer, he didn't protect Tony Esposito in the intra-league draft. Chicago Blackhawks picked him up, and he had a Hall of Fame career. He was Rookie of the Year, had 15 shutouts as a rookie that following year. And Pollock didn't protect him because he didn't like his butterfly style. So if you are in a position of authority with the team and you're making decisions, sometimes they're going to you know, not work out. And Griffin Reinhardt did not work out. But Bob Green wasn't the general manager. I can tell you all day, if Declan's the GM and I can say all day, I love Griffin Reinhardt, the general manager's the guy who makes the deal. And he, you know, Peter Shirelli overpaid. He just did. I'm sure Bob Green didn't say, give them all the picks. One day I'll tell you a Whitey Herzog story that is hilarious, unless you're a Mets fan. All right, we have to move to modern day, and our friend Bagged Milk joins us from Oilers Nation. Bagged, how are you? No, no, sorry. Bagged milk is not on the line yet. What? No, bagged milk. I is, thought you uh, were over there talking on the phone. We, you know, oh for two, no pickup. Hopefully, he'll be joining us shortly. But I, we are bagged I, I, milk. I'll never do a better intro than that. No, it was great. I'm, oh. I feel so bad it had to go to waste. Well, we're get gonna... Frank on the phone. His dog. His dog can answer the phone. We were sent to voicemail twice, so I think you know we should. I'll try him again in a minute here. Okay. And, How uh, many Thursdays are there in a week? How many Thursdays at one o'clock are in a week? That, uh, well, two. What? Well, 1 a.m., 1 p.m. Right. Right. But there's Walk no way one. on God's earth he thought we were calling at 1 a.m. No, I don't think so. I'm going to give him a call right away here. Well, Again. I mean, I don't want to, you know, this happened with Nugent Bowman. What the hell is it at, within the 1 o'clock hour? It's like we, now people, ah, whatever. That guy, you know, he's probably, you know, high on coffee. Why bother answering the phone? Lotide, do you think the Oilers use Broberg in a trade situation or he gets back up here before the playoffs and they trade another of the top four, like uh, top D, like Kulak? I hope we don't waste a pick on Broberg. Uh, waste the pick on Broberg. I think he'll end up as a top four D man if we give him NHL playing time, Mark in St. Albert. Writing an article today, Mark, that'll be up tomorrow sometime in the uh, on, on, on the site for The Athletic. It's about Broberg and it's about how bona fide he is as a player. Now, the Oilers slow play guys. That doesn't mean he can't do it. It's just that he hasn't been able to do it. And Evan Bouchard had the same issue. And so we wait, but I, I'm i going to tell you, 
I think Philip Broberg is going to be a really good top four defenseman for a long, long time. I take umbrage at Sam Pollock. So do I. One day I'm going to write a book, and it's going to blow the lid off canned dog food. That was an old commercial. Um, But I know what he did at the expansion draft in 1967. I found it in the Montreal Gazette, June 6th, 1967, Montreal Gazette. You go read it, and you can find it for yourself, or you can wait for the book. When I retire, I'm writing, I'm going to live. I have decided I'm going to move to Saskatchewan. I'm going to dig down deep in the earth like a root cellar. I'm going to make it livable and I'm just going to write that puppy and it's going to be 7,000 pages. But if you read it, you'll know. And then I'll probably start my own religion. It's going to be fun. Fantastic mu- music video for Call on Me. I'm sure that's true. Good afternoon, Low Tide. Just wondering, have you heard anything on the orders thinking about Jake Allen in a trade from Darcy? What I heard was that Allen had a uh, partial no movement and that he was not, that Edmonton was on the the no-fly zone. I don't know if that's true. That's a rumor. I don't know if that's true. Declan, I have a question for you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, wh- I know that song included Valerie. Yes, because I heard Steve Wynn sing, trying to get up to to above the dub, and he never could. The bass wouldn't let him out. But what is the song? That one was "Call on Me" by Eric Prids. So good. Which was a 2004, you know, techno dance club remake, I believe. I loved it. Oh, it'll get you going. It's a great song. You can listen to that pregame. You can listen to that at a wedding. You can listen to that on the ride home. Shower. There was a period where Steve Wynn was a very famous guy, but then he did a, an album called Ark of a Diver, and then he did another one, maybe back in the high life. I can't remember the name of it, but those two albums are just, I mean, they're really, I love those two albums. I would put that in the same level as the good Genesis albums, the Peter Gabriel, the David Bowie, the Roxy Music, the Brian Eno, the Talking Heads, the Tom Tom Club, um, all the weird stuff that David Byrne did with Brian Eno and others. All of that is in a club of music that I love. I hope you do too. Okay, I'm not looking at that. Somebody says, Low Tide, you'll love this video more. Because I know the video is, it's either like, I, uh, somebody sent me a video of a deer eating a bird today. So I people send me stuff, man. I hate to play spoiler, but I did click on the video. It was, in fact, the call on me music video. Oh, so they were they were honest and truthful with us. They weren't trying to pull one over on you. A little bit Rick Astley, though, right? Because I was talking about the call on me video, and then it is the call on me video. I don't trust anybody anymore. I'm just saying, I don't trust anybody anymore. I've worked in radio too long. I worked with Greg Pilling, and for some of you, you know what that means. I don't think anyone thought Griff Reinhardt was a NHL defenseman. Slow-footed in the WHL even. Watched him a lot, KCF. Actually, he was drafted, like, very high, and he was rated very high. I saw Reinhardt. He was they, in, the, in the series, the year he was drafted, Portland would not put the puck in his corner because they knew what it would mean. He was effective. He just wasn't fast enough. And the league what got faster as soon as Conor McDavid arrived. LT, do you think gambling is better for you than drinking beer? The banning of beer commercials baffles me given the current barrage of online gambling ads during games. That's from Ricky in the Donut. Well, you have asked me a question that is, is very difficult to answer. Uh, I drink. I do not gamble. But the government 
is in charge of these things. And the government is who you want to take it up with. I will tell you as a broadcaster, I don't care. I know that sounds harsh. I know that sounds mean. But I will tell you, when I was in sales, I worked day and night to try to get online gambling ads to the radio station. And I did, I pushed as far as I could. And I got, I remember a call from the general manager on a Sunday morning saying, no, you can't run that. And it was already on. So I pushed as far as I could. So if you want me to stand up and start, you know, haranguing whomever for gambling ads, you're, I'm not your guy. I believe in free enterprise and commerce. I also being, believe in being kind and I also believe that everybody should have access to good health care. Okay, now that I've offended everybody, allow me to move on. Was the Griffin Reinhardt trade the one where we gave up Barzell in the draft? Yes, Darcy. It was. You gave up Barzell, who is a very fine player. And and I always I, I remember when that deal came down. Even before they had, you know, announced who the Islanders were, were getting, I said uh, Shirelli's going a different direction because you know what they could have done with that draft is they could have said, okay, this is the draft where McDavid and friends and roll out pick 13 and 33 and all the others because they traded a bunch. They traded for Cam Talbot. They gave San Jose a pick for Todd McClellan because the Oilers were being punished by the league. And there was a lot of picks that were sent away. By the way, they still got three defensemen later rounds, Ethan Bear, John Marino, Caleb Jones. And they got a goaltender that Nashville signed. And they got a Russian guy who was pretty good, too, but he ended up going. Everybody who signs from Russia with the orders goes to Bakersfield and then flies home. It's like a trick. It's like Pavlov's Russian flight. Why is there continual talk about what we're going to do at the deadline when we've won 19 of our last 22? I think that's right. Maybe some talk if we hit a slump, but I don't know why there's talk of trade for the last month. Well, because... People want the orders to win the Stanley Cup, so you have to anticipate. If Skinner gets hurt, who do you have replacing him, right? You want a bona fide guy. And then if there's a defenseman, you want that guy too. You know, I mean, if it gets hurt. If you trade Broberg for a, a, a defenseman you like more and he becomes the seventh defenseman, maybe DeHarnay becomes the seventh defenseman. Maybe you trade Broberg for a right-handed guy who's, you know, able to push CeCe down to the third pair. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but if you're a fan, that's what we talk about, you know. Okay, people are just sending in texts like crazy. Why does everybody assume the autos would have been smart enough to draft Barzell from Sandman? Well, the word was it was Joel Erickson Eck with the 16th pick and Brandon Carlo at 33. And to me, that would have been fine. I was actually happy with the Griffin Reinhardt trade. Obviously, now I hate it from Attica. What I said at the time and what I believed and what I found out to be true is you've got to be right on that. You, what they wanted is a guy who was more prepared to play in the National Hockey League than Darnell Nurse. And Reinhardt wasn't that guy. So if you make the trade, you've got to be right. And they didn't have anybody watching him in the AHL. And he was having a hard time with the pro speed. Well... LT, we did not give up Barzell. We gave up the pick that became Barzell. Are you certain they would have picked Barzell? Well, as I just said, 
I think they would have taken Joel Erickson Eck. I think that was a Bob uh, point that he made years ago. I could be wrong. Don't want to put words in his mouth. But that's the rumor that I had heard. Text like crazy because it's cold. It was cold last week. I think we're getting more text this week. Waters wouldn't have picked Barzell. I'm not saying the word Barzell anymore today. I've had it. Lotai, do you want Syringe back? I don't know who Syringe is, but I don't. Um, if you mean the Philadelphia Eagles coach, then yes, I do. Bob said Kyle Connor was the guy. I don't recall that. Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I do. Craig the Keg. I th- I think that I think I always listen to Fletcher Cox. He knows way more about football than I do, and he defended the coach. I don't want hoodie. I don't want. I don't like the New England Patriots. I never did. I, okay, I liked them when Steve Grogan was the quarterback, and they had Steve Grogan dressed up as Paul Revere on the helmet. That I thought was funny because you take your starting quarterback and then you make him the the logo on the helmet because Revere, if you remember, he was tall and skinny and and his knees were like smaller than, than you know, a bobby pin. Well, that was Grogan. I liked them then, but they were lovable losers. I liked them when Plunkett was drafted by them. I didn't like Plunkett when he was in the Raiders uh, beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That was not fun. Look at you having hour one up already. We have tweeted it out. Yeah, I mean, well, I didn't have anything to record this uh, this segment, apparently, so it was easy to get out there. Well, um, yeah, I'd like to be you. prompt with it. Look at you go. I see people are after Evander Kane again. Look, I... I I'm not sure why this is hard to understand. He's been hurt. He's coming back, and I do think there's a little bit of a uh, catch-up physically. And I think he's getting there. He certainly looked like he had better legs the other day. And the Oilers, for better or worse, they believe you need a big man there in the top six, and Kane is the guy. When is it a, a, a tweet about one particular subject enough, or does it have to happen every day? I think maybe it has to happen every day. Jason Greger reporting that Vince Dunn will not play for the Kraken tonight. We had talked about that earlier, about the possibility of some. Kate Shefty had Seattle Times Sports. We had her on, and she was talking about that. And Greger has Vince Dunn not playing tonight. And that's probably the flu that's going going through and then he's taunting Hallie about the Chargers hiring Vrabel <laughs> ah, good times that'll be part of the day that will be part of the day today uh, like I don't I don't understand that the the constant haranguing of Evander Kane you know um, he's mad that he's not playing pre- premium minutes because that's what he wants to do he's working hard to get back to where he is and when he's away from Connor Brown, he's around 50% goal share at even strength. And I think he has 14 goals this year. I understand he's not your cup of tea. I understand you maybe want Dylan Holloway or another player there. But I, I just don't think it should dominate the conversation. And I think once you make a point, it's okay to move on. Do you, do you 
do you linger on things when something makes you mad? Do you, does it does do you, like do you go home and complain about me? No, 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 never about you. But if something, yeah, if something gets to me, I'll definitely linger on it and just like, I, I guess the biggest thing is I'll think about what I could have done differently. You know? Oh, but see, I'll, you're smart. You're, I'll you're definitely, for a young man. You're yeah. very smart. Well, I appreciate that, but I'll, no, I definitely linger on things and you know work out alternating scenarios in my head and what could have been and what could be next time, things like that. Mm. Like I still like it still sits with me that I never made the NBA. I'll tell you, though. I'll what? tell you, Al. Dave, how tall are you? Five. I'm at. Well, I'm actually five eleven. But well, I you tell never, people what, I'm five Spud nine. Webb over there. Well, Spud. Yeah, I mean, he was five six. I think so. That would have been. He was. You know, in but terms he of had pure an talent, advantage. I'd rather be five six than five eleven trying to like the because he like people couldn't see just, him. Well, I you know I talk about guys like him. He might have been even shorter than that actually. But I talk about guys like him and Muggsy Bobes and even Allen Iverson to an extent. When you talk about pure basketball skill, they must have been the three greatest basketball players the world ever. Iverson, you seen. can't include with with Spud. Come on. Now. Oh, because uh, he wasn't. Short enough? He was only like five nine. They listed okay, him at six well, five, feet, but five. What? What was Spud Webb? I think Spud Webb was five six. Muggsy Bogues, Bogues was the guy who was five three. Made a heck of a career. Playing anyway, with Larry it doesn't Johnson. matter. You couldn't have made the NBA at any height below seven foot four. A hundred percent correct. But I'll tell you, Low Tide, that is all true, and I knew that, and I've never doubted that for a second. But it hit me like a couple months ago. It legitimately hit me like a ton of bricks that I will never play in the NBA, and I sat with it, and I was very upset. Wow. Like, I obviously knew I was so, ever going to play in the NBA for I, a lot of reasons. I would say that that makes you borderline delusional, with respect. <laughs> no, you're probably right. You're you know. probably right. And I, I'm i not, like, it's not lost on me that I wasn't good enough and I'm not tall enough and all that. But, like, two months ago, it hit me. I was like, like, wow. That's like me saying, I think, I, I'm so disappointed that I did, I wasn't faster than Donovan Bailey. That it, That's a perfect comparable, yes. Yeah. And it, But it hit me, and it stuck with me, and I still think about it. I confessed the other day, yesterday, to my friends Fred and Bruce that I'm still disappointed. It still bothers me that Greg Shepard arrived in the NHL with the Boston Bruins the year after they won the 72 Stanley Cup, and he never won one. He's from North Battleford. I always loved Greg Shepard as a player, and it hurts me that he wasn't on the Stanley Cup team. That, to me, is a more reasonable regret than yours, which is, you know, I mean, it's it's pure fantasy. Disney could make a movie about that. You're not going to talk to me now. Oh, sorry. No, I thought that was you wrapping well, up no, this segment. Well, no, I just I, I'm trying to I'm trying to bully you into saying something. Well, you know what? We got plenty. It's about time for break. But next segment, I can say a lot. Unless you unless you want me to try bag milk. No, again, no, try and get him but on. we do bag milk for sure. But I think Mrs. Andrews is the one that told you you would never make the end. <laughs> it's the lowdown with low tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Was that a song about rich people? It is not a song about rich people, really. Really? No, it's a guy. It's a uh, well. I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole history of the song, but essentially, the guy who wrote it, Mike Posner, he wrote it, and it was like he was like, "I'm washed up now. I don't know what to do with my life." Um, How old was he? Thirty. He's probably about thirty when he wrote it. Yeah. 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 It, it, there, there are times in life, and sometimes it's the birthday that you have these moments where you're like, "What have I done with my life?" And just so you know, I'm going to, a spoiler alert, that will happen to you like a few times during your life. And the answer is no. You know, if you say, have I, have I wasted my life? The answer is no. Have I done everything I could have? Have I been the optimal person? Have I made a great decision every time? No. But who has, like, who are you holding up as being the greatest ever life? 
because we are all just kind of screwing up. <laughs> yeah, I think my, for me personally, was that a genuine question? No, I, 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 because I think people do. I like, there was a time when I really was restless about, I wasn't, you know, I, I wanted to be in Vancouver radio. I wanted to work at CFUN. And then, you know, five years later, yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I'm doing good. I, I've been Edmonton. I'm, I love my life. I married the right girl. I got a great car, but I don't, you know, I'm not obsessed with it. And I mean, I, I probably drank too much, but other than that, I think I did okay. There are a lot of people who have done a lot to enhance humanity and have done a lot for the greater good. But when I think, I think when you talk about someone who won the game of life, the first name that comes to mind is Michael Jordan. Greatest NBA player ever, and he made a billion dollars selling shoes. He was a bit a of an ass sometimes, though, right? Well, you know, don't that's you the cost of greatness. Good, but don't you think you should be a good person along with all of that? I, yeah, I think you should. Yeah. But. And also, when you say you know, you're supposed to change the world and make life better, we do this show, and I'm sorry. That's you, pretty big. You've changed my world, LT. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I'm not buying you anything, and you can't come to my house. That's all I'm saying to you. You know, ever, like ever, just ask all the other people. Ask Awanek how how far he got into my house, or ask Yaremchuk if he got into my house. Awanek's been to your house? Yeah, he brought my by goodness. pierogies and other gifts, and I let him in the foyer. He got he got in the front. But he door, didn't right? get to see Joanne, and he didn't get to see the kids, and he just wow. saw a little area. All right, you know, and that was I was again I was about to call in security. You have security? No, impressive. Well, I do have like security, but not like physical people. You know. If you were a betting man, would you put your money on the Oilers tonight? I wonder if the boys are using the streak for motivation, or is it meh? Oh, I think they want to win a lot, and they the 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 story is really strong now that the Edmonton Oilers are a stand like Dom Lachishan's. I think it's like fifteen percent, something like that. It's a large number. It's the biggest number in the league. I think they like that. I also think they've they've matured to the point where they are going to watch that and listen to it, but they're not going to be like motivated downward by it. That's my opinion. I think you have to learn on this stuff. And the orders are a famous team, probably more famous than they deserve to be because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. I'll tell you, I, I believe they will win the Stanley cup. I will know they're going to win the Stanley cup when I stop seeing strange, back passes or cross-ice passes at the opposition blue line. When they get that out of the game, when they iron that out and know that that a creative pass inside the zone is a better plan, then I'll know they're going to win the Stanley Cup. They're not quite there, but they're getting there. Looking at a little bit of a smaller picture, do you have a number in mind for when you think this winning streak will end? No. Okay. But if they get through tonight in Calgary, it could be all month. It, yeah, it really, I mean, after that, I think the toughest one is what would be the seven. The sixteenth game is against Nashville. The seventeenth game, which would tie the record, is against Vegas. No. Vegas off the break. I think that'd be the tough one. Blake, 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 Black Eyed Blake. Good lord, Black Eyed Blake says, "You joke that you aren't a big deal, but there was a void in my life when you were off the air, low tide." Well, thank you, Blake. But I'll tell you a little story. Um. First real radio job I ever, second radio job I really ever had was in Red Deer. And it was at a country music station called CKGY. And I was at a remote once at Kipscott Pontiac Buick and Ron McLean was doing the remote for CKRD. I was doing the remote for CKGY. And he offered me a job on the spot. He said, I've been listening to you. I need a guy midday. I think you're really good. I would like to offer you the job. Why don't you come by the radio station on Monday? And I did. And he hired me. And then I went to Rod, who was the owner of the, the country station, and I quit. 
and he told me a story I've never forgotten. And it wasn't a kind moment by him, but it was an instructive moment. And sometimes in life, you know, kindness is overrated in some ways because not every lesson you learn is going to come with rhubarb pie and ice cream. Sometimes it comes in a blunt way, but you are an idiot if you don't notice it. So Rod said to me the following, a very smart man, very smart businessman, and a good guy. But he said, you know, we've enjoyed your time with us, and I can't stop you from walking across the street, although I don't like it. But I want you to know that when you leave, there will be a ripple, like a single raindrop in a rain barrel that's calm before the raindrop hits. And there'll be a ripple, and then soon it will be back to what was normal before. And the reason why that's an important lesson in life is it's true. As much as any of us like to think that we are special in some way or that we hold the, 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 the mind's eye of the people listening to us or reading us or just knowing us at work and visiting and laughing at the coffee break, life does go on. And people do care and they do love each other that they work with. But we also understand the nature of, of working and business and relationships. And so that's what I will tell you, Blake. If I ever drift away, which I will, because we all know what happens in life, I won't be on the air at some point. Know that you will be able to replace me in your mind's eye. Somebody else will come along, might be Declan and You'll be able to adapt because we all do. That's what life is. And I learned that the hardest way possible in the last 14 months. How you move on with life is, is at times like unovercomable. And what I learned in the last 14 months, not to preach or be, you know, dramatic or anything, is that time does heal. Not completely, not all wounds, but it does heal. And you are able to function. And maybe you never function optimally, but you get through life. It can happen. That was a lot of heavy for Blake, who just said he missed me. But there you go. I'm in sales. Those blunt messages are invaluable. They're the best ones to get from Sean. The worst message to get in sales, if you're in radio sales, is, yeah, this is art. I just looked at my bill and you've been running the wrong copy for two months. I'm not paying it. And then they hang up the phone. God, I hated those calls. Because it was probably my fault. Beautifully said, Tide, I lost my mom when I was 20 and now I'm 28. You bet. And, and you remember your mom and you remember the lessons of your mom and you wish it was different. And you wish you could go back. And there are times maybe when when the tears come or however you are melancholy or sad. Those things occur. But time does heal. It's the damnedest thing, but it does. I love listening to you, Al. You're a radio poet from Slurpee Sean. Okay, that's enough. I can't take this any. I'm going to get emotional. I'm not doing that. Why don't you insult me? Say something mean. (laughs) 
Well, if you if I wanted to get really mean with it, I would I would air out to everybody that you've just been making up texts for the last five <laughs> minutes. No one's actually been saying this stuff to you. But I'm not going to do that. Why do you tell the truth when I don't need you to? See, I'm, I could say that, but I'm not oh, going to. I'm going to take. I'm going to shut my mic off and lean back. Mm. Well, damn it all. Anyway, my friend just texted me something that's really sad, but that's okay. We'll get through that too. The life is so funny. It just is. It it, it is. Enjoy it. Like and and understand that there are going to be days. Like the other day, I went out to my vehicle, which is a brand new vehicle. It's a gorgeous vehicle, and it wouldn't start. It did start, but I couldn't back up. There was a glitch in the computer, and I went over to the dealership, and they solved it lickety split. I love them for doing it, but. I f- somehow, as I get get older, I don't freak as much as I used to freak. Do you freak at stuff? I wouldn't say I freak at stuff. No. Do you get like? Do you don't ever hyperventilate or get upset or maybe lash out? <sighs> no, like honestly, not really. I try. So you're a mellow guy. I I think generally I'm pretty mellow. Mellow. Has I, anybody in the last year said to you, "Why don't you check your tone"? No, no one in the last. It's been since about first grade since someone said that to me, <laughs> Mrs. Andrews. Yeah, it was Mrs. Ann. No, I I like to think I'm generally pretty rational. I mean, maybe famous last words, maybe, but for the most part, no, no real lash outs. I like to I like to be level headed in most situations. But you like to be, but are you? It's yeah, di- right. It's like, it is different. I give you that. I I think so. Yes. When I'm, I was a young man, my dad said two things to me. He said uh, I told him something, and he said. You know, everybody has the feelings of insecurity you do, and everybody deals with it better, <laughs> which which was very funny, but not funny if it's coming from your dad. And then the other thing that he said was that that when you're when you're in a moment and when you're upset, that it, it, you 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 do not have to betray that, and for two reasons: number one, to be kind because the people around you are the ones that love you, and number two, it doesn't help anything. You need to to mull ponder find the way forward and then proceed no matter what the what the consequences are that's a hard lesson to learn it is okay this got way away from sports and i apologize for that but we'll get right back on the beam did we ever get a hold of bagged milk it's all his fault we well we did not ever get a hold of bagged milk i checked his twitter he has not tweeted or liked anything since january 16th okay um, well then we're gonna worry about him then yeah hope he's um, okay yeah and, uh, i sent him a dm saying you know we're, we're a little bit worried about him um and uh we will we will as soon as we know we'll pass it along to you but we we're big fans of bagged milk and I've never called him a bag of milk because he's not. So I hope he's well. Okay, we'll take a break. On the way, we'll preview the Oilers versus the Kraken. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. You played great music today. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. I yeah. felt like I was in my bag a little bit today. You, I think you were kind of feeling it. I Man, think you were like a DJ. I'm the, telling you, I was breaking out the sham god and everything. Yeah, it was yeah. Nice. This way, the Sex Pistols to start things off. Oh, come off. on. Doesn't, you don't get more fired up than that. Ah, yeah. in the, UK. the first lyric anybody heard on this show today was, I am the Antichrist. Are you proud of yourself? Well, just in a vacuum, no. But... As a whole, for what I did today, music-wise, yeah, I'm proud to say I'm proud of myself. I mean, what possessed you to, to play a song 
with the the words that begin "I am the end." Is this is this how is this what we can expect from you? Absolutely. Is this not the way you want to live your life? Principle? No, I just listen. Best punk band of all time. I wanted to give them some. Oh, love. what? I'm coming over there. What about the Clash? The Clash are great. Oh. But the Sex Pistols. I actually, I personally like the Clash more than the Sex Pistols. Well, there's going to be a white riot right here in this room. There's going to be a white wedding. Oh. Oh. Doesn't really tie in, but not really. What are you going to do? Although Generation X was good, they were not great, but they were good. I would say, um, Sex Pistols were great, but the the Sex Pistols cheated because Steve Jones could play his guitar, mm-hmm. and that gave them a huge advantage. Yeah, I don't think Sid Vicious did much. He just looked the part. No, but the, like if you listen to Anarchy in the UK or God Save the Queen or any of that, it's the guitar is very musical. Whereas if you listen to the Clash first songs and a few of those other guys, mm, they were learning on the job. They T- were. Tide, here's one for you that just came in from Hammer. Spencer Spencer Martin waived earlier today by Columbus. Yes. Uh, as, as we saw. Do the Oilers grab them off waivers? <sighs> Number one, I don't think he'll get to the Oilers. I think another team will. T- I, the goalies are, man. They're just, there is nothing happening with goalies. And so somebody will be hiding an injury and they'll they'll end up with him. He's not having a great year. Um he didn't have a great year last year in 29 games. So I maybe the blooms off the road is a little bit with him, but I think somebody will take him before the Oilers take him. And I think that Calvin Pickard is better. How about the Ramones? Uh yeah, but they're like the Ramones were North American punk. So they I I think North American punk and English punk is different. North American punk was, God, we we got a guitar, we're a garage band, we could easily grow, you know, a long hair and attitude, and we could be something. And so, you know, the American punk was more, unless you're dead Kennedys, but the American punk was more musical and more driven by record companies. The British punk was bred by desperation and Margaret Thatcher's policies. So it was angry because they really were hopeless. They had no money. The kids in London had no money when the punk scene started to explode. They didn't. They had zero dollars. And they had no future at all. And the choices were, Johnny Rotten said this in an early interview. He said the choices in England are the dole, the military, football slash soccer, and a punk band. That was it for him. He did, there was nothing to do unless you wanted to go lay bricks or something. And chances are you couldn't get a job because it was a depressed economy. That's that was the the genesis of punk rock in England was was uh, youth with no direction and no hope. Unlike now in North America, a little Charlie Parker would be nice. Well, there you go. Low Tide would love your thoughts on Jack Campbell and his performance in the AHL. I notice he's up to 903 in 13 games with Bakerfield has a 920 in the last 10 games. How's he looked? The last three games that he's played have been very good. Like I'm talking, uh, if they recalled him now, I would not be shocked to my shoes. I don't know that they will, but he looks good. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is that their defensive start, Marcus Neal had a hell of a game yesterday. He really did. Got a goal and an assist, but he's in the last, say, five games, seven goals, four and one against at even strength. But in, in, um, 
The last three games for Campbell, December 30th, January 13th, and 17th, his save percentages are 939, 944, and 941. So, yeah, he's there. So I think he could be recalled, and I think he could play for the Otis. The question is this. The question is this. Do you trust Jack Campbell to come up and play for you? And how many games would he have to play for you before you trusted him more than Calvin Pickard? Before you trusted him to enter another playoff with Jack Campbell as as either your guy or your backup guy? I don't think he's ever going to be the guy in Edmonton. And then, as Jason Greger said to us when he was on the show Monday, if you call up Jack Campbell over Calvin Pickard, you lose another roster spot because of the cap. So you can't have 22, you'd back 21. So that's my story there. Did you have any other questions, sir? Well, we have a text here coming in from Mortgage Mike that I can uh, gladly read for you. Mortgage hi- Mike, I love it. Yeah, hi, LT. If the Oil do pick up a goalie, what happens in the AHL? They want to play Rodriguez Campbell. Where would Picard go? Well, Picard would go to the AHL. The well, AHL's... I, would uh, he clear waivers? Well, maybe not. Yeah, that's maybe what I'm saying. Uh, maybe they trade him, you know. Uh, people are desperate for goaltenders. Not just hockey teams, no. Everybody, only only NHL teams are desperate for goaltenders. Um, yeah, they probably would trade him. But if he cleared waivers, you can. The AHL has this rule where you can have as many players as you want. So he could he could stay there. But my friend Declan has correctly identified the waiver option. Well, in the, let's say he clears waivers and goes down to the AHL. What do you do in Baco with those three goalies? Well, you, I, I mean, Rodrigue, they've they've shown an, a, a willingness to to really kind of block him out of starts. Mm-hmm. So I think he probably would go to the East AHL, which yeah. is not fair. He's he's a legit, real prospect, and I would like to see him get an NHL shot. To be honest with you, here's the problem with Jack Campbell, and I hate to say it, but it's true. Even if he plays really well in Bakersfield, even if they call him up and they play him, I don't know that his trade value will ever be enough. The, the, the buyout option is probably going to be the way because they, when, once they signed Connor Brown, I think that sealed the deal on a buyout for Jack Campbell. Do you have any other questions? No, I was just, I was going to say, I mean, there's, I think it has to be a buyout because I mean, what are you going to package with Campbell? Like it's going to have to be a first, obviously, and probably more. With money retained, like what would you package to get rid of Campbell, and who would take that on? I, I, yeah, I just don't see it. I think a buyout is you could you could trade Campbell for another problem at five million. Yeah, but okay, but it doesn't help the Oilers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what? And what? Just hope a new change of scenery works out best for both guys. Like trading one problem with a trading a homegrown problem with a different problem, it just doesn't seem feasible. Do we have a do we have a bong or a ding or a blunk or a dink? That we can put like a sound effect that we can. We've got big breaking news that we could we could you know sound it out. Well, I'm a big guy when it comes to breaking news, but I could definitely pull a sound effect for the future. We have about six minutes left in the show today, so there might not be time, but moving forward, definitely can. Okay, because I would like to have something that goes whir or blung or like something. Oh, we can definitely make that happen, and and even like a trumpet sound, but not like taps. It's got to be. You right. know, like earth, wind, and fire. Okay. That, I like where you're like coming hot from. horns. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings are going to start a goaltender not named Cam Talbot tonight. And that is breaking news. David Riddich, who is wildly popular among winter fans, I wonder why, will start.
who knew that Calvin Pickard would be the conversation piece, at least part of the conversation piece for the Edmonton Oilers this year? If you could rewind to the beginning of the season, yes, what would you think the Oilers goalie room would look like right now, and what would the splits be? Because I think a lot of people probably thought it would be Campbell 60-40, right? Well, I think Campbell would have played more. He's the $5 million guy, and Skinner was the guy who uh, crumbled a little bit in the playoffs. He was a rookie, so it's understandable. But I think the the idea was get Campbell started because he had a better uh, postseason, or at least late postseason. So you you start Campbell, and he gets, like, out of 82 games, maybe Campbell gets 47 starts and 35 for Skinner. That would have been my guess. But two years in a row now, Skinner has saved their soul, so I don't think they're ever going back to anybody but Skinner. Skinner would have to be terrible for a long time. That's my feeling. And not even just terrible. It would have to be like fall off a cliff, yeah, unplayable. Yeah. And he's also like, you know, the other thing, Holland mentions this all the time about how Riddich is, or I'm sorry, Riddich, how um, uh, Pickard is well-respected in the room. He's really supportive of Skinner. All of those things matter to a general manager. Because of Brown's lack of success this year, but he's good on the penalty kill, do you think we should re-sign him for $1 million next year uh, to help make the bonus worth it? JT, that's a great question. I don't know the answer. What I do know is the new general manager, when the new general manager arrives, he's going to want to put his own, unless they win the Stanley Cup, and then maybe it'll be different, but he'll want to put his own look and feel and style onto the roster. When you hire somebody new at a company, it always means change. And change doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It, it, honestly, it doesn't. And I'm not going to get philosophical again like I did in the last segment. But it can be good. Sometimes we all need a little bit of a kick in the ass. Even even Declan. Especially Declan. Keep Campbell in the minors. If he's playing good, playoffs don't cop doesn't matter. It's true. If you keep Campbell in the minors and then the playoffs start for the orders, they can call him up and it doesn't it's 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 free money. The punk scene on the West Coast was great. Whether it was derivative or not is subjective. Nice. Craig throwing the big words out there about punk rock. The sex pistols, other than attitude, didn't really do it for me. I'm more on the Jerry Garcia Robert Hunter. Does he mean Ian Hunter or Robin Hunter? Uh, I think what punk rock did was it sort of reset the old guard. Like the Stones instantly got better. Oh, he means Robert Hunter from the Grateful Dead. Okay. Um, I think that, like, I think the Stones got edgier. They were, they were doing, and they didn't get edgier forever because then they, that damn mixed emotions album. God, that was a bad record. But but they got, like, some girls came out in 79. That had some real oomph to it. Beast of Burden, Shattered. Even, you know, Miss You, which is a disco song. Really good. And when the whip comes down, I think, was on there. And I think Before They Make Me Run, which is one of my favorite Keith Richards songs. But, yeah, I, I think that the... the, the I, Pete Townsend did this interview, long interview about punk rock and, and worried that he was old, which he was, and that he life had passed him by, which it did, and that somebody would pass him, and that did happen when the jam arrived, and Paul Weller uh, really kind of outwrote Townsend for some time. Uh, but then after the Pete Townsend interview, Keith Richards said, Pete Townsend thinks too much, and I think that was also true. I don't think you should think too much about rock and roll. Do you like it or do you not like it? Was that a question for me? 
God, like I don't think you can be. Um, I, I, I don't think you can look at Dave Marsh once wrote a, a whole book about a Beach Boys song where it would have been. He felt it would have been genius if they changed one word, and then he decided that that's what they meant. So people get weird about music, and they really shouldn't. They should just take it for what it is. If you like the Beach Boys, as I do, just like them. It's okay. You didn't have to be a genius. It's like my mom, who once convinced everybody that Elvis Presley was responsible for the choreography of the jailhouse rock scene in the movie Jailhouse Rock. And I kept yelling at her, Mom, somebody went to school, somebody like trained under somebody else, somebody choreographed that scene who deserves credit for it, and it ain't Elvis. But people like to make things bigger than it is. It wasn't Elvis who choreographed Jailhouse Rock. Well, okay, yeah, I won't bring uh, it Declan, up to you. Don't argue with me on that. I, I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get really mad. Sports world slow today. Hey, actually, no, no. <laughs> I gotta say, I think he meant Tommy Hunter. <laughs> By the way, I met Tommy Hunter. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. One of my favorite people I ever met. What a kind man he was. I told him how much he meant to my family, and he just sat there like you would, right? But. He also told me that he lived in a boat on the lake right outside Toronto, and when it got cold, he would just back out and head for sea. Not a bad life. Okay. So, this was a day. I enjoyed it very much. Oilers play the Kraken tonight. We will have a show tomorrow. I'm I'm hoping. I will not be here, though. Which I uh, which I told you did earlier I, in our show. Did prep. I sign off on that? I don't think I did. You did give me your blessing. It took a little while, but I will not be here tomorrow. I'll be on location with our friend Jason at the this is Memorial Tournament. This is anarchy in not the, U- the UK, but <laughs> Alberta. The Sports fourteen forty studio. No, I believe Donovan or Connor will be stepping into up. Uh, D- Donovan's tomorrow. new. Are you sure you want to feed him to the wolves this early? No, you'll be nice. You'll put the kid <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. on. <laughs> sure. Thanks for tuning in, Jason Greger. Next, enjoy your day. Time for an update.